second viewing. New look, same great taste. I'm Kyle. I'm Dan. Westside. Mystic. Mystic. All right, guys. So on the show today, we're doing something brand new. This is a brand new segment on the second viewing. Brand new series. We're doing all the brand new stuff. Um, Daniel, would you like to introduce what we're, what's going on today? So essentially, just to support our Patreon fans with the new launch of our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the second viewing, we decided to do a little extra something special and watch one of our least favorite sitcoms of all time, the one and only Two and a Half Men, every day for an entire month. Now we're trying to cover all 12 seasons here, so this works out to roughly just over four hours, about four and a half hours a day. That being said, we fucked ourselves a few times and we've forgotten to watch some episodes some nights, so we end up watching double the next, so give or take seven one day, zero the next. Or, you know, there's also things in life that sometimes are more important than two and a half men. Debatable. And uh, we've missed a few episodes. It comes out to, like, what, 11 a day, give or take, if things are going well. Things Although going I well. think our calculations might have been fucked from the beginning because we're doing pretty good right now. I mean, to be fair, every time we've ever tried to actually do the math on this, we're, we're not in the right, so we're pretty drunk. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, the total of episodes comes out to 262 episodes, 12 seasons, like you were saying. But for this uh, first part of this series, what we're going to do is cover the first four seasons. Yeah, so we're going to take a look at what we've seen throughout the first four seasons, how it's progressed, how they found the formula they're looking for, all that kind of stuff. It'll be a shorter episode, but yeah. nonetheless, this is just to, to recap over the first four seasons and our experience watching it. Because after all, we're not doing this for us. We're not doing this because we like Two and a Half Men. We're doing this for, for the you. fans. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we'll just, what, do the first two seasons, maybe take a real short break, and we'll come back, do three, four. Because we're probably going to need a break, a drink, a cold shower, one of the two. We're sitting in this studio, and it's a fantastic studio, but there's no ventilation in here. Oh, she's here. steamy. She's so, steamy. And it's a freaking hot day outside There's no right ventilation now, so. for the sake of the audio quality, which, uh, which is I mean. fair, understandable. Yeah. But it's, she's toasty. Oh, and she has been ever since we've been in here. Have you guys seen us in here? We need to just start bringing, like, buckets of ice in here just to, like... I can, honestly, you know if there's I mean? three ice, like, cubes of ice on my neck right now, I'd be feeling really We'd have to bring some ice packs in here. Or even just pictures of glaciers, like a mental thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we could, could do that. Do the mental vibe, get some glacier photos. Anyways. Um, <laughs> let's jump into it. Let's um, jump in. So, like we were saying, we've been watching the show pretty much every day. There's been one or, like, what... Maybe a, We've missed a couple a dozen of days, days where things have been kind of messed up. But anyway, said we're still on track. Well, we're on track. Things are going well, and the first four seasons um, have been interesting. Now, Daniel, have you? How much of Two and a Half Men have you watched before we started this? Well, I'm starting to realize I've seen a lot of it. I'm like, in the I same didn't, boat. I didn't <laughs> know how boat. much I had fucking seen, but apparently it's just always on TV, and I. It's like it's the Malcolm of the middle of our generation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I feel like either my parents were watching it, or it was just on, or something rather. But I always managed to see. I'd say a good fifty percent of the episodes so far. Which, by the way, we're on season seven. We're just covering yeah. the first four today, but you know. About 50% of it I've seen. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, my father was actually a big Two and a Half Men fan for like two to three years. And that would be like his like 20-minute like turn my head off, eat some popcorn before bed kind of like show. Which I can respect. We we had a discussion about Two and a Half Men and we kind of think it's, you know, it's the blue collar, the working Joe, the guy that comes home and doesn't want to have to like think about the newest episode to Dexter or what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. He just wants to tune into a shitty sitcom, relax and have a beer. You know? That being said, I do generally think this show is poisonous to our society. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel more ignorant and uh, dumber, if you will. More dumb? I don't know at this point. I. Anyways, um, so we'll set off the show, set up the first season describing what's going on. So 
The show features uh, Charlie Harper, as played by the wonderful and always winning uh, Charlie Sheen. Always. Full of tiger blood. Um, Charlie Sheen was a good meme back in the day, hey? He was yeah. kind of killing it for meme status. Yeah. Winning, hashtag winning. I think recently he was has been kind of killing it, too. I mean, for sure in the last year. Well, he's. I think he's, like, owned it now. But for a while, they're like, yo, Charlie Sheen's crazy. Now yeah. he's kind of like, all right, that's his thing. Yeah. But anyways, so <laughs> Charlie Harper, uh, as played by Charlie Sheen, is a womanizing, drunk, uh, successful jingle writer in Miami. Yeah. Essentially, all he wanted in life was a house on a beach, a nice car, and to fuck a bunch of girls, and I guess spending money to get drunk all the time. And just to clarify, that is about what 99.9% of the show is about. Well, actually, I'd say a solid 33%. Whoa. Because 33% is that, the other 33% is Alan, the other 33% is Jake. But it always revolves around Charlie's lifestyle. Yeah, okay, I guess and that's also, fair. And also, like, is the main character of Mad Max. We're never getting over this, are we? <laughs> We're never getting over this. Anyways, um, no, no, so as you were saying, Alan, his brother, is how the, show, uh, the show's premise or plot starts off. He comes in to ask Charlie if he can live with him because he's just been kicked out of his house by his wife, uh, Judith, in which they're going to And get that's divorced. how the whole Two and a Half Men series begins. It's about these three guys living in the same house. Yes. Um, I'm assuming the half of men is Jake because he's not a full man yeah, I yet. Never, I never really got, like, I mean... It's... I'm guessing that's what it is. Mind you, I think you could say the same about Alan. I mean, that guy is the biggest bitch I've ever met in my he's, entire life. He's actually the worst. I, Sorry, I get frustrated. Met. He gets frustrated. I get frustrated every time I watch the show, just because of Oh, him. yeah. Like, we... Yeah, we often we slam up, the we table end up like, like, fucking hate this guy. I can't stand him. Like, And I get that that's... I mean, they write him that way, right? This people write, the, the writers of the show wrote him that way Oh, yeah, they wrote him like a little bitch. I mean, that being said, I think the actor also plays it like even more of a little bitch. This is... Um, Alan was also Ducky in like, uh, Pretty in Pink, if anyone knows that. John Cryer. Actually, I was talking to a coworker of mine, and... Um, her mother's like best friend or something like that lives next to him in Los Angeles. So <laughs> a little fun fact. So we might have an in. We'll help get him on the cast. If we can. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would dude. be best case scenario. So, anyways, so they've moved into this house together. The series follows, I guess you could say, Charlie um, around his life and how his brother has affected him. Just basically the life and times of these three dudes living in the house. Their troubles. The ex-wife of Alan's comes back and around. Um, all these weird relationships. It's, I mean, but it's, I guess, actually, the show's less based around Charlie and it's more based around sex, I feel like. Oh, 100%. It's one big sexual innuendo. <clears throat> like, the at this show. point, Jake's trying to fuck. That's the that's the young kid. We'll get Alan's to always trying to fuck. Charlie's fucking and still trying to fuck. Like, they're all just trying to fuck, really. Like, the show's about sex, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And it was rated PG for a wide audience. Also, this, just a brief recap of the numbers the show was getting. <laughs> 15 million viewers per episode this on is, average. This is the fourth most popular sitcom of all time. Which is embarrassing. I mean, wow. It's, as a human race, we've really degraded ourselves. Um, it's pretty bad. Things need to change, guys. Yeah. Honestly, this first season felt like just one big pilot to me, you know? It's just like one big, like, nothing happens. But, like, if you put all 24 episodes together, I guess something happens. Uh, but they're also still trying to figure figure out the formula, which we've discussed before. Is that they often try they try to push in this little mushy moment. It's like where you know they're all poking fun at each other every episode, and some shitty stuff happens to Alan. And but then, at the end of the day, we're family. Yeah, and then they have this little family moment. But it's like it's not in a good way. It's sick. It's like almost sickening. Well, I mean, the only parts that I guess feel somewhat. <coughs> Excuse me. 
that somewhat feel genuine here and there are with Jake. Because he is a little kid. He's like, what, eight at the time? But his innocence disappears so quick. True. But in the know? first season, I mean, like, although the mushy parts, I wouldn't call them good. I mean, when they are there, they, they don't feel as forced as they do in later seasons. Yeah, it's a little bit more balanced, I guess. But at the same time... There's the sh- no balance, in the be- though. In the be- yeah, it, in the beginning, this first season, we're str- it's struggling to, to find figure, it's, out. figure out what it is. It's and like I it's got they're... some elements that, you know, could work with a mainstream audience, but it's like, it's kind of working, it's not really. So it's amazing to me that they got past the first season. Oh, it's... Well... I mean, yes and no, dude. I think it's sad it was on for longer, but at the same time, I think it still hit all the blue collar notes you're talking about. It's just it just gets worse, or not even worse, but well, yeah, worse <laughs> for sure. It just gets more and more. It gets more and more extreme. Yeah, I mean the it show does, the yeah. show debuted in uh, 2003. So think back 2003. Things were a bit tamer on TV at the time. But they literally, I would say, if anything, Two and a Half Men's the reason why things got worse on TV. They kept so, pushing, they kept pushing like what they could get away with. That's true. They do like, push some boundaries pretty hard in this show, like especially for it to be rated PG. It's totally. kind of unreal. And the thing I mean, about like say your Family Guys or your South Parks, the reason those things you should get away with is because they're cartoons. They're not real. They're not live action, right? Yeah. You could still argue that you know you have you might get offended by that shit. I'm not too sure. Anyways. Uh, but that's kind of the main thing. It's like, oh, it's a cartoon. It's, it's fiction, complete fiction. It's animation. This is live action, and people are saying the most racist, sexist, like misogynistic things constantly, as if it's like just commonplace. And it's it, it's weird. It's so weird. It's like this like different idea of the world that like exists in like maybe well, maybe it, it makes it makes an, it, an extremist opinion of today. Maybe not back in two thousand three, but an extremist opinion of today. It makes it almost just normal or weird to think any differently. But, I mean, also, everyone in the show is an asshole. There's They're no likable characters. They're all fucking asshole. There's no one that's likable. Jake barely for a little bit, and then eventually it's like, he sucks yeah. too. I liked him for roughly four to five episodes. Yeah. But he was just a little kid. You can't really hate him, you know? Exactly. The only character we both kind of liked for the first season for, like, a couple episodes is Rose. Yeah, Rose is Charlie's stalker. Uh, oh, yeah. She happened to live down the street. Charlie fucked her one night, never called her again, and she's been stalking ever since. Now, she kind of climbs up the balcony and ends up interacting with the family to the point where she's almost part of the household. In, it's kind of like home like improvement, right? You know, and like Tim, Tim the tool man Taylor is talking to his neighbor across the fence. Yeah. They kind of do that every now and then. Yeah, it's kind of got that same feel to it with Rose, but... I don't know. Uh, I think just Rose is like the most consistent yeah, character. Yeah, she's just she has the one note. She ne- you never really get surprised by Rose because it's. I mean, what she does is what she does, and it's fine. I guess it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really call her funny, but I also wouldn't call her dull. Yeah, I don't know. So I think the difference between the first season and the second season is the first season was trying to find its roots. Second season, they got rid of most of that mushy stuff and, like, focused more on the comedy aspect of it or, oh like, the, God. I guess you call it comedy. Like, to me, it's not funny, but to apparently 15 million viewers, it's funny. Well, it's just, it's so, like, it's all punchline. It's all punchline. Oh, holy shit, also. The show is mainly laugh track. Like, it's just oh, yeah. laugh track. We, I think we, we're definitely going to need to talk about that. <laughs> like. It's a pretty <sighs> intricate laugh track, though. They do what they, to give them credit, they do what they can with the laugh track. Dude, they, like, the best part of the show is the, the how intricate the laugh track is. It's a different laugh track every punchline. There's roughly 100 punchlines per episode. Have you, have you ever seen that Family Guy clip where Peter's watching Two and a Half Men? They're like, Two and a Half Men was recorded in front of a live studio ostrich. And they <laughs> 
ostrich pans to just one lone ostrich in the audience like, ha-ha. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. That's, that's um, funny. No, the laugh track is, well, it's probably the worst and best thing about the show, I would say. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to kill myself, but at the same time. Well, it's like it's tr- it's like telling you to laugh, right? But it's Which every, is, like, honestly, yeah, 10 seconds. Every 10 seconds. It's like that's how often punchlines happen in the show, and that's how often they want you to laugh. It's almost like the laugh track begins tricking you into thinking the show's funny, especially if you're not paying attention to it that much. Like, sometimes we're sitting in front of our laptop and, like, typing up a script or typing up something or typing up an episode for a TSV idea, whatever, but we're still watching the show, and you're kind of in this limbo where... You're not giving either job 100%, but you're still doing both. And to the point where we've laughed at a couple of jokes, which is, we almost thought was scary. We had to step back and say, whoa. The first time we laughed at a joke in unison, we like did one of like the, whoa, "Whoa, what's going on here? What's what's happening? Um, That's, yeah, the punchline thing is like, that's why I think maybe people like it. Because it's like, you can literally turn your brain off for five minutes Come back to it, and there's a laugh. There's a choke. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like yeah. you don't have to follow anything. It's just like so neutral. It's like yeah. nothing is nothing is down or up. Exactly. It's so it's just mush. Honestly, I would compare this show a little bit to Adam Sandler comedy in a way. It's a. I get a bit of a Sandler that's a vibe. T- that's a deep comparison. That's a fucking hole to jump I'm just into saying, right now. Like it's just, it's all it's all just like extreme humor. Nothing is ever clever. Or not well, even. I don't mean like trying the, to be clever. It's like they have the same style of joke, right? Which is a punchline joke, but they try to change it up or switch it up by like pushing the envelope of the content of the joke. But it's so always like, like every joke is like a little bit more. Whoa, whoa! Did they just say that? Whoa! But it's not. It's like shock factor and punchline but mixed it's no, together. But it's not. It's all. It's all like fart jokes half the time, or like, you know, well, the, toilet humor. I'd say you could break down the jokes. Alan f- gets hurt or fucks up a situation. Charlie fucks a girl and brags about it or makes fun of someone, and Jake is eating or farting. So it's like those are the three big jokes in the show. So it's like, like slapstick and toilet humor. That's all you got. Basically, it's and it's I don't know, and that carries on way too much into the second season. The first season, I mean, it's not it wasn't good, but it was whatever. It was it's what the show was supposed, what they're trying to figure out. I guess it works for some people. And they took the the shittiest parts of the show and elaborated on it so heavily that it oh, became dude. something. Season I mean, two is le- just, it's mainly Alan from what I recall. Yeah. It's, it's well, a it's, lot of, it's, it's Alan focused. Well, I think the first one is establishing the situation with Charlie. Then it focuses on Alan. And then we move into Jake a little bit more and then back onto Charlie. And then eventually it just becomes scattered. Oh yeah. No, it totally does. And I just remember like the first four episodes of season two are literally just about uh, Alan getting hurt at some point or mm-hmm. like and then a laugh track happens that's the yeah. whole thing it's about or like alan alan finding no success in something not being able to find success yeah and it's like i don't get it like it's the, so sad it's, it's the like kind of thing where like okay if depressing some, if someone's not achieving success and you know they're trying but they keep they can't catch a break maybe you should feel bad for him but you can't because the guy's literally the worst human but at this I, at the same time I feel like you know there's place for that in comedy when someone fucks up you yeah, know totally there's place for that in comedy now they're in this weird state where it's like you want to feel bad for him but you can't because he sucks but it's just not funny because he well, did fuck up so it's like it's just not funny I mean if there's a likable character who's fucking up 
you're either probably laughing at him fucking up, or you're kind of like, oh, sh- you're, oh shit, I hope, he, I hope he catches a break, you know? Yeah. Or you're at least hoping for that, whether he does or not, I don't know, story writing's mm-hmm. different all the time. But in this case, like you're saying, it's, I just can't understand the actions he makes, and it's, and I, I go back and forth in my head, and it's like, are they trying to make me think like that? Are they, do they want me just to hate this guy so much? But then I get to the point where I'm like, I can fucking care less about this. This is, yeah. this is hard to watch. It's literally hard to watch. I mean, you waste so much time trying to figure out what the, you know, what the screenwriters want you to think or the direction they're going in with the show. But at the, at the end of the day, it's just nothing. It's just garbage. This is probably now, a good time to bring up, sorry, that Chuck Lorre of the show apologized for creating the show. Oh, God. I He's, think that's actually a good time to leave it right now. We're going to stop and take a break here, but just keep this in mind before we do. Chuck Lorre apologized for the creation of this show. <laughs> keep in mind, this is the same guy that made Mike and Molly and, of course, our second favorite show, Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Uh, so uh, well, so yeah. let that fester, <laughs> and we're going to come back after a quick break. Okay, guys, we need some water. It's so hot Another in here. cold shower. We'll come back talking about Two and a Half Men Season 3 and 4. You, you after we'll get into it a little bit more. Who cares? And we're back. All right, guys. So we're just going to keep powering through the rest of the Two F Men we're covering this episode. We're going to talk about season three and four. Not a lot has changed, <laughs> to be honest. But I think we both can agree that season three is one of the better seasons. Yes, yeah, so overall. far um, of the seven we've watched, um, season three is my favorite. I still don't like it, but no, season three is my favorite. it's not good, but... And they kind of took the bland aspect of season one with the, like, overcompensating extreme aspect of season two and kind of just found that equilibrium a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jake's at a perfect age where it's like he's old enough to understand some stuff, but he's still young enough to be slightly innocent. Right. And, you that's know, a huge factor in the show, man. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that maybe another episode, but I think that's a big part. And I, I think mean, that's maybe why season three shines a little if bit. There's a, if there's one thing that's actually kind of cool about the show is the fact that Jake was there since a little kid, right? And yeah, Richard Linklater, take boyhood and shove it up your two and a half men, because... Straight up, dude. <laughs> Fucking two and a half men walks all over that. Jake, respect, dude. Yeah, good job, Angus. What's his name? <laughs> Angus T. Jones. Angus T. Jones. Also, we just saw a picture of him recently. Not looking Guy's so not hot. looking so hot. Mm-hmm. See, that's not his fault, so though. Not looking so hot. Um, so, anyways, yeah, season three, the better season so I far think of this, this lot. Of this, this one lot. is, like, playing around with the idea of Charlie settling down a little bit. It's they start playing, talking it's about toying it. with the idea. Oh, okay, here's a cool thing to bring up. Not cool, god damn it. Um, but <laughs> just... One thing they always talk about, like almost every second episode, I would say, is that Charlie has some, like m- mommy issues or like mother issues. Oh God, they I always about bring that. that up. It's like, oh, you'll never, you don't want to be committed because your mother wasn't nurturing and you have mother issues and you don't want to resolve them, so you can't resolve your own issues. Okay, fair so enough. That's how they justify Charlie's behavior, essentially. Yeah, that's, that's how, how the they show do it. And I mean, it. okay, sure, that's an interesting character trait, I guess. But they bring it up literally. They kill it. They they beat it to death. Oh, like, you consistently. get sick of it. And yeah. then, like, that's the thing about the show is nothing ever gets resolved or, like, has a just, justification. You never feel good about it. just keeps going around in a circle. Keeps going around in a circle. Charlie yeah. gets engaged. He fucks it up. Alan everything, gets into a relationship. He fucks it up. They always fuck everything up. And, like, I mean, we were just Jake talking just about this. eats. Before the break, we were just saying how, like, if a character is, you know, consistently having, you know, mishaps and unfortunate actions... 
Okay, maybe we can feel bad for them, but there's no sympathy in this show whatsoever. No, you don't want to feel sympathy sympathy, because everyone's a piece of shit. If you feel sympathy for any character in the show, I feel like you might have some issues. I'm going to go ahead and say that. 15 million people. Those people have some issues. (laughs) A third of Canada has some issues. Dude, I feel like that encompasses the States too, so. Uh, It's mainly States viewers. I I saw a little graph. That doesn't surprise me, truthfully. Me either. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So, um... Yeah, okay, so I guess the show, you're right, in the season, uh, you're right, he does talk about him settling down or the idea of being in a committed relationship, so they bring up this mother issue thing a lot more in this season. In season one and two, they talk about it a fair amount, but it's more prevalent in this one. Um, What's kind of annoying is that every time um, Charlie and uh, Alan's mom shows up, She's, I mean, she's a bitch, but they, you know, they refer to her as the she-devil. As soon as she walks in the door, they're literally paying Jake to talk to her. Like, they just build her up as this person you want to hate. But in my eyes, she's actually one of the better characters. She's definitely not as shitty as her fucking terrible sons. No, and I mean, there's a lot of similarities in, like, the way the, the actions characters they do. Oh, sorry, there's a lot of similarities in the actions that the mother and Charlie do. And I guess that's kind of where they, like try to make things seem funny or relatable. Right. But like you're saying, no, she's really, Evelyn, that's her character. Well, kinda, she's not that bad. They kind of talk talk about or they try to bring up the fact that, you know, Alan dealt with his mother in a different way than Charlie. Like, Alan dealt with it by, like, tr- you know, because he didn't get any emotional support as a child, he's trying to, like, be the person to give emotional support to others now that he's an adult, whereas Charlie went the opposite way and basically became a guy version of his mother. Just didn't not want to tap into his yeah, emotions or whatever not, the fuck. But it, and I they make know. jokes about it so much, oh, and it's so bad. It's fucking. It's painful. Now I say, you know, that's pretty much season three. Let's talk about season four. Well, a bit. I mean, there's a there's a big plot point that happens in season three. Yeah. Okay. So that leads into season. Four. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Charlie uh, starts. He has a crush on Jake's ba. Not they're not even ballet. Barely meets her. He stumbles across some ballet. He stumbles across some ballet studio where this. Girl Mia is teaching ballet. Oh, he he sees her at that coffee shop they're always at, and right, then he tries right. to hit on her, but she's not having none of it. Yes, right? and he's like, "Oh well, I'm gonna chase her down," kind of thing. Finds out that she teaches ballet to kids, convinces Jake to join the ballet class just so, to hit on just her, just to hit on her. And the episode progresses in the way that she agrees to go on a date with him, and they start dating. Yeah. Okay, I believe they end up breaking up, breaking up for a bit because he doesn't want to commit. Something like that. It's just a typical right. two and a half minute scenario. And then Near the end of the season, though, they decide to give it another go. And Charlie proposes to her. And she says, yes. So, And then they, then they end up not getting married. And then Charlie tries to get her back and proposes again. And they end up try- going to, like, Vegas to get married. But yes. then what, what happens? It's like... They're going to get Mia's, married. Yeah. yeah. Mia says... If we're getting married, Alan's got to move out. And Charlie was like, well, I'm not kicking out my brother. And then they don't get married. And Then right away, Alan wins. Alan decides to marry the girl he's seeing, Candy. And he wins a bunch of money at the casino and tells Charlie that he's moving out right away. So Charlie's pissed off that, one, he's not getting married. Two, Alan moved out and he basically ruined his marriage so Alan could stay. And three, Alan's rich and things are looking up for him and things are looking down for him. And that... Season ends season right there. Three. Also, this candy girl did date. She dated Charlie for like one time or something. Yeah, that's how they met, I think, is fucking. And she's candy. actually candy's. We should maybe talk about candy Dude, for a second. Candy's definitely one of our favorite characters. <laughs> Probably one of the best. 
she's dumb, but in a in a in a cute kind of way. Um, she's generally speaking a nice girl, and you she know she's never unhappy. Whenever no. she's around you, you never feel that pissed off. You're kind of like Alan's fucking around, but Candy's fine. And her jokes are always just one train of thought. They're never funny, but again, kind of like Rose, she does her one thing right. Yeah, and she does her one thing right, and I that's think, respect. And In I comparison think, to the sh- other yeah. shitty characters, it's good. Ro- I th- yeah, Candy, I think we definitely enjoyed. She was pretty funny. I guess. I don't know. She added something to the show that I didn't think was necessary, but added mm-hmm. something good, I guess. Um, season ends there. Uh, Alan's with Candy. In, and we jump into season four with Alan moving back, having spent all the money he won at the casino with Candy, and now divorced from Candy and having to pay alimony to another girl. Yeah. So basically, Alan's broke twice. again. We're back at season one. Basically the same shit that's happening. The show moving back in. and season four was a battle to get it through. It just starts off on a fucking bad vibe, and it's the whole same thing the whole the, way it's, through. It's honestly season one. You're completely right. And they, the, oh, fuck, that's why I hate this shit so much. They talk about, oh, like old times, I guess we're right back where we started. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. It's fucking garbage. Now, there's also, you know, some bullshit happens. You know, Alan's paying too much alimony. He's broke. He's cheap. He's borrowing money from Charlie. There's some jokes that go around. Whatever. It's the same bullshit. Then another slightly big thing happens is this chick that actually I think in season two, um, Judith, which is Alan's ex-wife, the first ex-wife, um, was dating one of the guys from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah, yeah. Um, ends up dating this guy. and His name's Herb. He's a doctor. Um, I don't mind Herb. Herb's not bad. I don't mind Herb. Herb's all right. He gets a little so, more annoying in the later seasons, but the way he kind of comes across in the beginning, he's okay. Yeah. So in season two, Judith dates Herb for a bit. He disappears for a while. Season four, he comes back, and uh, Judith and Herb are engaged to be married. And so Alan's excited because now he doesn't have. He might not have to pay alimony to Judith anymore, which he's really pumped about. So he tries to, like, force the wedding, which ends up, like, slowing it down and making it not happen. Then eventually it does happen. Um, There's one scene where Herb's first ex-wife shows up at their wedding while Alan, who's Judith's ex-husband, is there. And then she tries to fuck Alan just to get back at Herb. They make a mess of the ceremony. It's just kind of a garbage scene. But, I mean, that's basically what happens in season four. Yeah, and it's... it's it's the thing where nothing happens again. Yeah. Like I guess the Judith uh, kind of getting married. Okay, sure. Uh, it's interesting because I don't know. I guess we've seen Judith through a couple seasons, so it's a new character development. Yeah. Plus, of. I mean, we don't mind Herb, so it's all right. But like the little point, change of pace the, here. The point about it being season one is just completely true. It's season one with a season two mentality, where it's yeah. like it's just stupid slapstick humor and toilet humor over and over again. But we see the same plot points leading up to nothing. And you know what? I think maybe the reason why we like to see Herb marrying Judith a little bit is because part of us deep down feels bad for Alan, but we don't want to. He's a piece of shit, so we don't care about him. But deep down, it's kind of like, just give this guy a break so we don't have to hear about him anymore. So by by Herb marrying Judith, he almost gets a little bit of a break because he has more freedom. He doesn't have to pay alimony. So things, it's kind of like maybe Alan will shut up for a minute. Maybe he'll fucking go away. Right. And that brings us to basically the end of season four. So And we, we do end up meeting a new character, though, Teddy, who is... Um... Oh, okay, the, that's a good point. The I forgot about Teddy. The mother's uh, love interest. Teddy's introduced and kind of swept away really quick. 
for a minute because she finds another book, another guy, and he dies on the couch. So Teddy stays as her boyfriend. And um, we should bring up that there's a lot of death in this show. A lot of people dying, and no one seems to care ever. Yeah. Just, oh, someone's dead. All right. It's like another dead guy. Oops. There's fucking dead people everywhere in this show. Anyways, you're right. Uh, yeah. Fucking he shows Teddy up. comes along. Teddy's fine. He kind of reminds me of a more sophisticated Charlie in a way. Yeah, exactly. He's a little, so, more, he's a little more down to earth. And he almost takes in Charlie and Alan as his sons and really likes them. And he's, he's nice enough. Um, and, then, and at the end of the season, they, they go to Vegas together. Right. They go to Vegas together, yeah. Right. And I think that's when they decide they, they approve of him because... He uh, buys them hookers. Yeah, it takes him to Vegas... Takes them out for dinner or whatever, and buys them hookers. So, and they have the scene. They're like, "Thanks, Daddy." Yeah, they do that. Another punchline. That's the punchline of the episode. I think it ends on that. Then it, it also might cl- be the title of the episode. There's a good chance. It does a classic. Man. Yeah. That's so. Great. Oh, should we bring up the drinking game? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm about to bring up. So basically, that sums up the all four seasons that we watched so far. I don't think there's a lot more to talk about. Um, but let's talk about our experience a little bit. Now, yeah. in order to pass the time while watching the show, we've come up with a couple of different drinking games. Well, first off, we'd like to do some work if we can during the show. If that's there's things right. to get done, like it's you know editing a video or working on some graphics or something, we'll try to get that done. But there's, sometimes there's just nothing else to do, so we have to sit and watch it. And, um, so we got to pass yeah. the time somehow because it's mind-numbing. So what's the first... Literally mind-numbing. Like, there's, there was one time I just walked out of your house. I was like, I can't ask anymore. Yeah, it's true. I couldn't handle it. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm leaving. I'll, we'll, we'll catch up tomorrow. Yeah, we were like three quarters through an episode, and you're like, that's it. I'm out. Done. I couldn't do it. It just... It's genuinely hard to watch. But yeah, so for the drinking game, I suppose we, we have a couple of things that we just essentially drink to, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, anytime there is... Well, the men. Yeah, the the little happens, break. Like, what, in three episodes at least, three times at least an episode. Every time there's a break between scenes, like big scenes. Yeah, I think about two, three times per episode for sure. I think it, it must be commercial breaks when they come back. But there's yeah. a man that happens. That happens. And so we, we drink, drink to when that. drink to that. Another one that we drink to is whenever Charlie drinks, we drink. Right, which is fairly often. That one usually fucks us over a bit. And whenever um, pri- someone's privilege needs to be checked, whenever there's a ha, gay joke, whenever there's one of those. Which is so often. I would say homophobia is the most prevalent in the show. They <laughs> make a lot of homophobic remarks in the show. It's, it's true, they do. It's it's quite something. Uh, so we drink fairly often to that. Well, whenever someone's privilege needs to be checked, basically we drink to that. And it happens all the damn time. And, so I, and we thought we were going to introduce more, but... Because uh, I don't think I think that's all the drinking ones, right? No, anytime Charlie has sex, we usually drink. Well, that, that one, as well. that too. So basically, that's the entire episode. So we're like, oh, oh, we're actually, just no. drinking the There's whole time. There's one more that actually is my one of my favorite now. What's um, that? The episode title. We like to. Oh yeah. We read yeah. the episode title before we watch it, and then when the because that's the thing about the show, the episode title is always like a phrase or I guess a catch it's a all, catchphrase. And it's and it's it comes back to that idea of pushing the envelope. They push the envelope with the episode idea, like she'll be dead before halftime. That's Ergo, the booty call. Ergo, the booty call. It's like, you know, it's That's, it's uh, a fucking, it's like clickbait. Too, it's trying to grab your attention almost. They're usually punchlines too, I guess. Yeah, that is like clickbait. That's the original clickbait. You go on your TV guide, it's Thursday night, and you say, Ergo, the booty call. Oh, Gotta see that, that episode. That Ergo, the booty call. What's that about? Wow. <laughs> that is actually maybe becoming my favorite one. Because it's kind of like when you're watching a movie. And, like, they say the title of the movie in the movie. I'm always and like, yeah, like, Shaka Bra. Cheers. Oh, we Shaka Bra a lot. But we don't really drink to the Shaka Bras, do we? Oh, it's anytime there's a bad punchline, we just Shaka. You know, yeah, it's just, just straight Shaka. Shaka for that. 
Anyways, but. that's uh, that's gonna be it. Those are the first four scenes of Two and a Half Men. We are powering through. We're getting there. We're looking to finish this up on the fifth of August, and we'll record shortly after that and release the last uh, episode in this in this format. So then twelve seasons, so we'll have three episodes. We're covering four seasons. Three part per series. Just signing off here quickly. We want to talk about the Patreon one more time. Please check that out. That's patreon.com slash second viewing. Support us if you'd like. There's a little Patreon uh, information video there. It's real quick. You Just can explains win what you, it's about. Yeah, 15 bucks to go home with a notebook. 30 bucks you get uh, a notebook, a shout out, and you get to choose what movie we're working on. There's only a limited amount of those per month. So definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. If you're interested. Yeah, and of course, uh, check us out on YouTube iTunes, SoundCloud, RSS feeds, all that good stuff. Whatever your vice is, we're on everything. We're on Podbean, PodTrack, Pod everything. Yeah, literally any podcast thing that might exist, we're, we're there or we're getting there. So yeah. don't fret. Um, anyways, I'm Kyle. I'm Dan. We're signing out. Westside Team Mystic.